This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. First pick of the new year, boys. 2021. First fights. Hey, man. Listen, uh, thank you for everyone who purchased an MMA Takes hoodie, t-shirt, whatever. I sold a lot more than I thought I was going to. Most of them should be delivered this week. I Listen, I don't ship them myself. I wish I could. If I did ship them myself, you guys, rest assured, would have them a lot sooner. Um, it's with a company called Teespring. You know, they do all the shipping. I do all the signing. Um, the, um, let's see, the Slimeball Parlay T, it was the first one I got. Fire. Awesome stuff. The, um, the new, I think I called it the new logo or the, uh, it's called like the logo or something on, um, whatchamacallit, on, uh, on Teespring. It's with the little thing and then the big logo on the back. Awesome. That came out great. The neon lights logo, I got a white one. I'm wearing it now. Great. The hoodies, eh, I got to tweak them a little bit. Those are the ones I sent to Devin and Tim as like a Christmas thank you, end of the year, pre- appreciate everything you do for the podcast type deal. And uh, I got mine today, and I was a little underwhelmed. Very soft, very comfortable, um, but the, the the green wasn't exactly what I wanted. And then uh, it, the font was whatever. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, 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 the problem is, is you can only do so much. You design it online. And then you don't get to see a sample of it. They print it and they send it to you or send it to whoever. So I don't get to see anything before it comes out. Obviously, if this fucking thing takes off to the goddamn moon, I'll be doing my own printing. Um, but we're not there yet, guys. Let's not. Hey, hey, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, I got a lot to talk about before the pick which is weird. I'm going to try to run through it because, I mean, people are like, man, um, who are you betting on? Let, let's get the bets. This is the first pick of the year. I tweeted out I'm rusty. I've been prepping all week. It is Wednesday right now. It's a lot different to prep when you got a one-month-old. My wife had a huge launch with her own uh, shop today. Shout out Winnie James Co. If you are a father, mother, whoever that are listening to this podcast, go to Etsy, WinnieJamesCo.com, or excuse me, Winnie James Co. on Etsy, soon to be WinnieJamesCo.com. We're, we're, we're looking into that. Uh, she launched a bunch of... Um, like, uh, it, it, she does, it, I, I want to call it like kid headbands, but that's what it started as. But now it's just a much, much more. It's very girly. It's very, you know, it's for little girls. Um, and it's amazing. It's handmade stuff. And she's super, super talented. Most talented person I know. So she was super busy with that. So I'm trying to prep while the fucking two month olds screaming her head off. My three year olds follow me around, copying everything I'm doing, saying everything, just follow me. So it was tough to prep and. I felt rusty as fuck. Like uh, three weeks off or four weeks, whatever exactly what it is before fight night. It feels like I haven't picked a fight in months and maybe even a year. Like it feels like I've taken so much off. I'm watching fights. I'm, I'm second guessing myself. I, you know, finally I kind of got in a groove of picking of, of where I was at last year and really kind of finding my way. Obviously we'll get through all the cards. I got fucking fire picks. We'll talk about some props. I'm going to do the prop show on Friday night. Hopefully um, we'll do that on StreamYard. stream that on uh, Twitter and, and Twitters and whatnot. Hopefully we'll get that going on uh, Friday, but first things first, some kind of funny. Um, I don't know if it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Okay. So I have to get, Every two years, I have to get a physical for my job. I, I go to this um, clinic where they do drug tests, right? And uh, I've been doing it. So every two years, I've been a driver for six years now. So this would be my fourth time going, right? Two, 
four, six, four time going. Yeah, three times. This is my fourth time going. Um, different doctor every time, right? First time I went, right, they're like, hey, you know, I was, you know, however old, I can do the math, 28 is when I started driving, 27, 28. You know, I, I can't, I'm a little fuzzy on when I started. Anyway, I go, the guy's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're a young guy, but your neck's a little big. You know, I'm a bigger guy, right? And I'm like, yeah, okay, never heard that before. I mean, I knew when I would buy uh, suits for prom or when I measure my neck for prom and stuff, I remember the, the tailor was like, oh, big neck, we got to get a bigger neck for a bigger collar or whatever the fuck. I never thought anything of it. So then four years ago, so two years ago I went and there was this little fucking wimpy doctor that came in and just basically was like, sign my card and boom, I'm done. So four years ago, when I when I tell you guys it was it was a hot woman, I I, I want to stress to you, it was like the doctor from Roadhouse. You guys know I love Roadhouse. Kelly Lynch from Roadhouse. She was on that level. Like she was stunning. Like a 10 of a 10, right? So she walks in, right? You deal with the nurse most of the time. They put you through your piss, your blood pressure, the eye thing. Um, they put you through like the tip. You gotta walk on your tiptoes. They want you to pull things, jumping jacks, like bend over let me see you do this let me see you squat like they just they, they put you through that and the doctor comes in and then and they usually do like the, the the little stuff right they don't really do much well she comes in right and I'm, I'm i'm married i'm a married man at this point right but i was like Whoa. like <laughs> i remember leaving that appointment texting my buddy austin who's a single guy going tell walk into this place in queensgate and tell him you need to get a drug test and you need to see this doctor immediately. Like she was stunning. And, um, anyway, she walks in and, you know, I'm fucking sucking it up like Tommy boy, you know, like, Oh, what's up? You know, even though I'm a married man, I'm just like, yeah, what's up? So she's like, okay. And she's looking at my chart, looking at my weight. She's like, okay, so, um, you're overweight. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. You know, and I'm like trying to play it off. And then like, she cuts me off. She's like, well, you're above the threshold that we want. Let me measure your neck. So she measures my neck. She's like, okay, your neck's big. It's it, it's right on the borderline. And, um, you know, I'm not worried about your neck right now because the neck is sleep apnea. I'm worried about your knees. So this incredible, the hottest doctor I've ever seen in my life, basically for the next 20 minutes, fat chained me, leaves the room, was like, I'm going to go sign your sign your DOT or whatever, leaves the room. And I'm, I'm laughing. Like, I'm like, I mean, there's nothing. What am I going to be embarrassed about? Right. It was one. It was fucking funny. She comes back in. Not only does she give me a sleep apnea pamphlet because of my neck size, she gives me like a fat camp pamphlet with fucking fat women doing water aerobics on it, like whatever hospital like can help you lose weight. And I'm like, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. It was nothing more the shot to your ego than fucking a smoking hot chick just basically just fat shaming you going, dude, like get it together. Um, so this year I go. And my blood pressure is fucking like Olympic athlete, right? My eyesight was, eh, had some glasses with me. I, I, I have glasses. I don't have glasses, whatever. Put them on, passed it, passed the urine test, passed the sugar. Uh, fucking, they text the, they check the sugar in your urine, make sure you don't have diabetes. Blood pressure's good, pulse good. Did all the tiptoe stuff. I'm fucking killing it, dude. I'm fucking superstar. Sitting in the room, they don't let you put on a gown. No gown this year because of COVID. It was very, it was, it was a little different situation. So I'm sitting there, I'm texting the wife, and uh, this little Asian man comes in, broken English, right? And listen, power to him, because I'm going to tell the story, and, and it, it might not let him pose him in a great light. He's an immigrant. He came over and he became a doctor. That's awesome, right? I'm in favor of that. Now, 
when I tell a story, you know, I'm not his biggest fan. So he comes in, right? He sees the chart, asks me this question, surgeries, no, da-da-da-da-da. I knew going in that the neck thing was going to come up. I'm a fucking thick dude. I'm a thick boy. So he was just a little unpleasant, a little cold walking in, right? You know, doctors usually will spend a little bit of time with you. He's asking all the questions that the nurse already, I already answered the questions, right? The nurse already asked me. So then he puts me up on the table. He presses on my stomach, makes me do these legs things or whatever. And then he stands up and he measures my neck. My neck, of course, is big, you know, and I have gained 10 pounds. So I was up 10 pounds from two years ago, which isn't terrible. But, you know, two years ago, I was a little chubby. So being up 10 pounds from that, it's not great. I've gained weight, right? Okay, I'm not happy about it. So I know I need to lose weight. But just had a baby, quarantine, whatever. I have a million excuses. Those are those are two of them. So I told him that. I said, yeah, sorry, you know, went up and waited a little bit, you know, just had a baby, uh, you know, was sympathy eating with my wife, which really wasn't true. I mean, we were, but I mean, and then, uh, you know, quarantine happened and I, I kind of went the opposite way. I'm like making a joke. I was like, I went the opposite way. Instead of working all the time, I just, you know, just sat around and got fat. N- nothing, right? And again, language barrier, maybe. So he goes, okay, and he's just sitting there, and he looks at the the little weight chart, and he looks at my weight, and he goes, you know, basically he's telling me I'm obese, and I'm like, yeah, you know, um, you know, it, it is what it is. I know I need to lose weight, blah blah blah. And he's like, well, you know, you're just you're you're you have those two things that you know worried about sleep apnea. I don't know if I can sign your card. And I go, well, what? What are you talking about? I said I don't have sleep apnea. He goes, well, you got the two. And I was going to do a, a, a Chinese-American accent. Um, I'm not going to do that because I'm a fucking... It's 2021, guys, okay? And I can't do it. And I said, whoa. And I'm like, usually when I'm in a doctor's office, too, I'm very submissive. I think doctors are great. I think nurses are heroes. I mean, listen, you are going to college. You're going to school for eight to ten years. Tons of debt, and you're doing it to help people. I think that's awesome. It's commendable, right? And so I have such respect. So any doctor I've ever met, I'm, I'm always very submissive and, and whatever they say goes. But this guy, for some reason, I, I got, you know, listen, you don't sign my card. I can't work. So I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa what, what are you talking about? I don't have sleep apnea because I, I looked up sleep apnea because I knew the neck thing was going to come up. And I said, so my neck size is my weight, but I, I've had a big neck the whole time. What was my neck, you know, six years ago? So he leaves and he goes and he looks it up. I text my wife. I'm like, if he doesn't sign this card, I'm going to fucking lose it. Comes back in, goes and looks at my neck. My weights fluctuated up and down for the past six years, whatever. And then, um, but nothing drastic. And then my neck has only went up a quarter of an inch, a quarter of an inch. So you're telling me that quarter of an inch is going to have me sleep apnea. And I go, and why he left, I look, I pulled up the sleep apnea things and I go, Sleep apnea, number one, uh, number one, um, and I know doctors love when you pull up a phone and tell them the symptoms, but listen, you know, w- whatever. I said, number one symptom for sleep apnea, extreme day-to-day f- uh, fatigueness. Um, no, don't have it. Wake up a million times in the middle of the night. Don't have it. Wake up with your heart racing. Don't have it. Wake up, have to urinate a lot. Don't have it. Um, the only criteria that I fit in that is that I have a big neck and sometimes I snore. I don't snore often. My wife says I snore sometimes, sometimes I don't. I'm not like an every night snorer. Um, I never have been a snorer before. And so I'm like, so you're telling me you're not going to sign my card because of uh, of a quarter of an inch. So he goes, listen, I'm going to sign your card but because I was supposed to be for two years. I'm only going to do six months. I go, well, and he goes, you got to get a sleep study done. I was like, I got two fucking, I didn't cuss at him, but I was like, I got two fucking kids at home. 
two months old and a three month old. I'm supposed to miss work, go have a sleep study done at a fucking hospital, which I'm not going to be able to sleep in, with wires hooked up to me. God knows how much this is going to cost. I have great insurance, but don't know if insurance is covered. I haven't even got there yet because of a quarter of an inch. I've been doing this for six years coming here and you're going to hold me up now. Like I'm 34. I'm not fucking 50. I'm not 500 pounds. I don't walk with a goddamn cane. Like I'm not wheezing on you. Like, are you like, this is what we have to do. And he goes, and he just kept repeating. You meet the two criteria. Blah, blah, blah. So it's like, all right. So he gives me a piece of paper that I got to go to my doctor now. And she's got to schedule it, whatever. I'm, I, I haven't talked to my doctor yet. So I got to cool down first, right? It could be a good thing because, you know, fuck, maybe I do have sleep apnea, right? Maybe I, I do. And it's obviously getting it taken care of is important. But I'm pretty sure I don't, right? And there's symptoms for a reason. Everyone has symptoms. Sleep apnea, there's very significant symptoms. Some people don't have symptoms, but some people do. So I got into it, this guy. And I, when he gave me the sheet, I said, you know what? I'm just going to have her sign off on this. I was like, so you, so if I go here and I'm getting real attitude enough. So if I go to the sleep study and, and everything's fine, what happens? Oh, then you're, you're fine. Then we'll, we'll sign you for two years. It's like, you're just wasting my time. Like you're wasting my time right now. Like this is unbelievable. I got two. Oh, whatever. Give me the paper. I snatched the paper out of his hands. I'm getting dressed. You know, I put my coat on and he's like, and he hasn't given me my card yet. He goes, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you in the lobby. I got to fill out this card. Okay. So I go meet in the lobby. I'm texting my wife about it. I'm just fucking furious right now. The fucking coward sends his nurse out. Won't even come out and face me like a man. Fuck. So six months, I got to get a sleep study. Hopefully my physician, my doctor, she goes, eh, probably not. Let me sign off on it. Let me, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. That's what I'm hoping. I, I just, you know, it's like. It's like someone with their when they when they when they're peeing and you know their their dick's burning right, and you mount, you immediately think oh gonorrhea that's a symptom of gonorrhea is when you 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 piss you know you're burning your pee, but the guy's a virgin right so that one symptom, even though he's a virgin it can't be gonorrhea so why stick a Q-tip up his dick, you know why put him through the fucking painful thing, because he has one symptom you know what I mean it's just it's fucking dumb I'm mad I'm mad guys okay I'm fucking mad. <clears throat> let's get to the picks. I'm sorry. I, that was 15 minutes of me rambling. God damn it. First pick him of the year. Let's go. Tell you what, first fight of the night, though. A goddamn stinker of a stink. Jacob Kilburn, eight and three. He's a minus, or excuse me, plus 184 underdog. He is fighting Austin Lingo. Seven and one, minus 230 favorite. I am not going to spend a ton of time on this fight. This fight stinks. Both these guys own one UFC. Both these guys, I don't think, belong in the UFC. Lingo looked okay against Uzi's the law. Good wrestler, good grappler, durable guy. Didn't get finished by the law. Um, went to a decision with him. Jacob Kilburn lost to Billy Q. Um, I think he pretty sure he lost in the contender series as well. Not high quality. I'm going Lingo here. I'm going Chalk. I don't really want to break it down too much. I think this fight stinks. I think if... Uh, if you're if you're out there listening to podcasts where guys are breaking this down for 15, 20 minutes, I just I just don't see it. I don't like the line either. Minus two thirty over a guy who doesn't have doesn't have a UFC win, even though I think Kilburn stinks. Um, this fight stinks. All right, next up, Sarah Marais, six and six, minus two sixty favorite versus Vanessa Mello, ten and eight plus two oh five underdog. Um, geez, listen, uh, I think Sarah Marais is like 
really attractive. I don't know why. Maybe she is a really pretty girl. I mean, I'm looking at her now. She's definitely pretty, but I just I just find her extremely attractive for some reason. Um, she's fought some good competition, right? Um, hasn't beat good competition, but she's fought good competition. Six to six, that record's a little eh. Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa Mello hasn't had a win in the UFC yet. She fought Irene Diana, Tracy Cortez, and Carl Rosa. Both, all three, excuse me, really good names. Um, not a great record at 10 and 8 either. However, this is a bowl of spaghetti, boys. You throw this on the wall, whoever it sticks. And guess what? It's going to stick to the underdog. I'm going to go mellow here. I, this is just a pure line pick. This isn't based on stats. This isn't based on who they fought. I broke this fight down a little bit. I looked up some tape on some girls. This is purely the fact that Mello is a minus, or excuse me, a plus 205. There's no reason she should be a plus 205. None at all. I mean, this fight is competitive, to say the least. I think Morais has more fights in the UFC. She has a win in the UFC. Um, she has fought better competition, so people are going to lean for that. That's what Vegas is doing. That's why Vegas set this line at that. Me, I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go Mello. She's Brazilian. You know, fuck it. Why not? Plus 205. Little undie play. Little underdog play. I fucking take it. I don't like that fight, though. That's a line bet. That's a line bet. That's not a fight bet. All right, next up, David Zawada. 17-5. He's a plus 210 dog. He's fighting Ramanaz. Ramazan. 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 Has to be it. Ameev, 19-4. Minus 265 favorite good fight um for some reason i get david sawada and peter sabata mixed up because i could have swore sawada retired but it was sabata they're both german i you know i i I just get them fucking mixed up Zawada's a guy who decent striker doesn't fight all that often um very inactive i believe the last time he fought no okay so the last time i remember him fighting he got knocked out by the least the sidekick to the body pretty good fight back and forth fight third round knockout danny roberts him had a really close fight and then he finally got his first ufc win against the russian akibar nukumineta by triangle choke that was khabib's cousin that's the guy that hopped in the cage and uh punched conor mcgregor so he gets an, he gets another russian against ameev ameev is just a fucking bull this dude is fucking your classic Dagestani, he's going to come forward. He's going to fucking smother you. He's going to take you down. He's going to scission you. Probably not going to finish you. He's just going to outgrapple you, outposition you, and just outcardio. you. His only loss in the UFC is Anthony Rocco Martin. Um, and then he fought Nicholas Stolzi's last time out. Stolzi looked really good with kickboxing. Stolzi's a fucking fantastic kickboxer. Was kicking me vive up. But to me, just, he, he just has that motor, right? Um, let me tell you where you Huh? Um, sorry, I got a text. But you know, he was he was he was um taking some shots with Stolzi. Stolzi looked really good on his feet. And me was just again, he's just a fucking bull. These Russian dudes are just on another level with their with their grappling, with their, with their wrestling. Zawada, I don't know if he can c- compete with that. I like the line the way it's placed. I see very few people taking Zawada as as a stab there at plus two ten. I don't love it. I don't think you take a stab here at this. Um, even though you're getting two to one on your money. I think it's a fairly competitive fight, probably within the first couple rounds. Maybe the round and a half is going to be competitive. It's going to go to the decision. I think Ameev is going to win a decision. Um, I'm picking Ameev here. I'm going all chalk. Well, no, I didn't go all chalk. Excuse me. I'm going chalky play here. I kind of like this as well <clears throat> as maybe a, a parlay bet as well. Excuse me. Hold on. A little caffeine boost. I kind of like this as a as a as a. Uh, <clears throat> as a parlay because I think Ameev is just 
listen, I'm in the point now. It's 2021. I, I you know, watch a lot of MMA. Russians don't lose all that much. So having a Russian on your side in your parlay is usually a pretty fucking good thing. Okay, so I do think Amiv matches up well with Zawada. I do think Zawada could probably give him problems in the beginning, kind of like Stolze did, but I see Amiv just kind of taking over. But, yeah, definitely a decision. Wouldn't touch the prop for a finish, which I'm sure is gigantic. I would just go Amiv straight up, money line, put him in a parlay, minus 265. A little heavy, a little, little pricey, almost 3-1. to one, But I think if you... Want to really stretch him out in a parlay, three fight, four fight parlay? I think he could uh, he could be a good anchor there. All right, next up, Justin Taffa, who's four and one. He's a plus one sixty underdog. He's fighting Carlos Felipe, who's nine and one, minus two hundred favorite. I hate Felipe. This is a this is a grudge pick. I'm picking Taffa as an underdog. I don't love Taffa. He got slept by Yuri Castro. He knocked out Juan Adams. He's heavy handed. He trains with Taito Avasa, who looked pretty good in his last time out against uh, Stefan Struve. Hopefully, Tafa is training like uh, Ty is. Like, you know, they're in New Zealand, so New Zealand's not locked down. They're a completely open country, so Tafa has no excuse. He's got to get the training in. I doubt he went to AKA. I doubt he traveled to America like uh, Ty did, but their boys, they do train together. Ty looked in pretty good shape, looked like he had a good motor, knocked out uh, Stefan Struve. And Carlos Felipe is a guy who I just I just can't stand. You know, he fought Jorgen Castro. Um, he talks a lot. In the, in, did he? Yeah, he fought Jorgen Jorgen Castro. Right. So Sergey Spivak was his debut. He lost by a decision, majority decision. They had some beef. They had some words. Spivak is fucking yelling on him because Felipe talks a lot. He beat Jorgen Castro in a fucking <clears throat> boring fight. <clears throat> talking the entire time yet not doing anything however Jorgen wasn't doing anything either this is kind of MMA math Jorgen knocked out Taffa Carlos decisioned him um I can see why the line's placed the way it is Taffa doesn't have a tremendous amount of experience I just will never like Felipe I just don't think I will I usually like guys that like talk that shit in the cage I like guys who are intense I like guys who are tuned in but you, you gotta do something with that you're one and one in the UFC both by decisions um, you're not knocking anybody out. You're not doing anything special. You don't, you're not this wizard on the ground. You're just kind of this fat heavyweight that, you know, is, is durable and tough. <clears throat> That's who you are. And, um, you know, I think Taffa can catch him. I think Felipe is going to probably clinch the entire time, try to get this fight to the ground. Taffa, huge question mark on the ground. I see a lot of sharps on Twitter picking Felipe. They're putting multiple units on that. I can understand that. I get it. Two to one favorite. However, uh, this is a grudge pick. I don't like Felipe, <clears throat> so I'm going Taffa, right? That's how I handicap, okay? You can go to someone else, and they can break down the stats. They can break down how many punches Felipe lands a minute, how many are going, you know what? I don't like that fat fuck. I don't like his face, so I'm not picking him. Not many people are doing that but me, okay? You know what I mean? Is it smart handicapping? <laughs> Time will tell. But right now, fuck that guy. All right, next up, Yana Wu, who's 11-3. She's a minus-122 favorite. She's fighting Jocelyn Edwards, who is 9-2, plus-100. This line is going to move. I guarantee it. Let me look it up right now. I got these earlier. or No, I got them yesterday. Excuse me. I got them yesterday. So let's see if they have moved since then. Guarantee. Okay, yeah. So Jocelyn Edwards is now a minus-105, and Wu is minus-115. Basically, a pick and fight. Um, Chinese MMA is on fire right now, especially women's MMA, Wiley and Zhang. I do not know if they train together. I've made that mistake before. Chinese, China, excuse me, is a very, very big country with a billion people. They might not train together. So I do not want to, uh, be that guy, but Yenawu, solid record, decent, um, um, performances in UFC so far 
fighting a little high. I feel like she could be at 115. Um, she's fighting at 125. She has won in Regina Manzani. Or excuse me, lost to Regina Manzani. Um, Lauren Mueller uh, win with Armbar, which uh, is, is coming back to be a really nice win for her. And then Mizuki Inoue, who's a split decision loss back uh, a year ago in August. Jocelyn Edwards making a UFC debut from Panama. Watch some tape on this girl. This girl is pretty lanky for the vision. She's 5'6", which isn't like crazy tall, but she has long limbs, long elbows, long fucking arms. Good striking. Her only loss, or not her only loss, but her significant loss is Sarah Alpar, who is in the UFC, won on the contender series. That was by split decision. She's got wins. Most of her wins are by punches in, in, in TKO. She does have an armbar submission. Don't see a submission happening here. I just see Jocelyn really dominating in the clinch. I see her clinching up Wu. I think Wu is tough, but I just think Jocelyn's going to put a pace on her. I love that she's a she's from Panama. I, I would have to check my sources, but this might be the first Panamalian fighter. Right? I mean, there's definitely, they produce some really good boxers, but is this the first Panama fighter that has come over from Panama, born in Panama, that has fought in the UFC? I'm not really sure. I love that. I really do. I think, you know, there's a bunch of different countries that have some really untapped potential. Really cool seeing her come over. She's got a good record. She's been around for a while. She's fought in the LFA. Um, ton of tape on her. I think she's talented. I think she can really dominate in the clinch. I think this is a fucking fantastic fight. I think this is a really good price line as well. I really like uh, Edwards as the under at plus 100. She's still a slight dog at minus 105. I'm taking Edwards here. Um, this is a fight. I don't bet on women's fights because they're crazy. <laughs> you know, anything can happen. This is a fight that I might bet on because I kind of want to get on the side of Edwards. I think she could be something special. Now, if she comes out a little flat, UFC debut, going to Fight Island, yada, yada, she is fighting a very durable Tough woman who is established with 11 and 3 record has fought in the UFC multiple times. She could come out a little flat. However, hopefully, with enough experience, she's fought in the LFA, she's fought some good girls herself. She's gonna come out and she's gonna look really good. All right, next up, one of the best fights in the card, Nasser, one of the hardest names to say too, Nasser Radin Imanov, who's 9 and 2. He is a plus 128 underdog. He is fighting Phil Halls, who is 9 and 2, who's a minus 158 underdog. Oh, or excuse me, favorite. Fuck, see, I'm rusty. I'm rusty. I keep doing that. Listen, this fight is great. Imanoff looked really, really good against uh, Jordan Williams. He fucking pieced up Jordan Williams pretty, pretty bad his last time out uh, when he fought his UFC debut. Won by decision, but Williams is a tough, tough dude. Took some big, big shots. Um, his only, you know, his, his UFC, de- or excuse me, his MMA debut, he got choked out, but he's fought some really good guys. 12 and 4. Well, that guy was not like guess. 6 and 5, 9 and 1. Jordan Williams making his UFC debut. Phil Halls is a guy who. Had a really high ceiling, still does, but Megatron's his nickname. I was wondering what his nickname was. Has looked dynamite in the UFC. Knocked out Malkoon in seconds. I don't think he's going to knock out Imanov in seconds. You just can't, right? He knocked out uh, Kazmarat in the Contender Series, right? He's starting to feel his hands a little bit. His wrestling is still top-notch. I'm worried that it's going to be one of those things where he knows he can knock anybody out. He's that explosive. He's that powerful. But the way he handled himself in the contender series, he didn't over-celebrate because he had been there before. He'd been knocked out. I think he'd been there twice, right? He had this huge, huge hype around him coming out of college or coming out of wrestling or whatever. I remember the hype, and um, he kind of failed to meet that his first two tries, so he was very calculated and didn't celebrate he got his name called he's very cool comma collected fought Malcoon, who probably shouldn't be in the ufc it was kind of a robert whitaker hey buddy come fight this guy and get fed to the wolves you know he landed a beautiful right hand 
Imanov is, is a solid, solid dude. I like to see this guy mix it up. I want to see a lot of Phil Halls here. I want to see how good his wrestling is. I want to see how good his cardio is. I want to see if he's just a one-punch guy or if he can actually put punches together, kicks, whatever, really mix up his striking. There's a lot of questions to be answered out there. He's a champion outside of an organ, uh, outside of the UFC, obviously. Has done really well. His only two losses are currently in the UFC. Um, but, I mean, he's a freak athlete, an absolute freak athlete. And you got to respect him. You got to respect the power. Prop for this for Phil Hall's to win by KO is a plus one twenty five. Uh, send him home. Send him home. home early. early. This is gonna be my send him home. I'm gonna prop a plus one twenty five. I'm gonna take Phil Hall's as well at minus one fifty eight. I think that's a great line. Let me see if it's ballooned up a little bit. I feel like okay minus one forty eight. So he's actually come down a little bit, which I like. Imanov is a solid, solid dude. I do see some sharps picking him because I feel like he's a little more rounded, well rounded. He has shown more on tape. I just, you know, they're both at the same exact record. I just don't know how you can turn away from Phil Hawes. Take out the knockout power, right? This isn't the Chaos Williams. This isn't a guy who is coming off two really quick finishes, and, and that's all he has. We don't know what he has. Credentialed wrestler. Freak athlete, right? The biggest question for me is cardio, right? Because Imanov is, is going to be in there. He's going to be in your face. He's went three rounds. Tough, tough, durable dude. Can put his punches together, um, and he can mix it up. I want to see Phil Hawes mix it up. But at a plus number for this guy with this guy's power, um, I'm, I'm good to take it. I'm also going to take him at minus 158, 148, depending sliding scale, depending where you get him. I like Phil Halls as a straight play here. I don't know if I would trust a parlay. This could be this could be a parlay uh, buster. This could be one of those things that you're very confident in this guy. A lot of people love Phil Halls right now. They think this might be a layup. Some people I've talked to are questioning the line. Like, why is this line as close? Well, because that fucking Russian is a fucking beast. Or Serbian. Excuse me. I think he's from Serbia. Wait, no. No, 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 no. Where is he from? Got to get it right. France. Born Dagestan, Russia, fighting out of France. He has a France flag. That's what fucking threw me off. All right, next up. This fight is was the hardest to pick, hardest to handicap, in my opinion. One of the best fights on the card, in my opinion. The main card is stacked. Pule Serrano, 7-0. He is a plus-138 underdog. He is fighting Dusko Turovac, who is 10-0. By the way, I just fucking nailed that last name. Fucking call me up to the big leagues, John Anik. Minus-170. Um, this is really tough because Pule is is a solid kid. He's, he's 1-0 in the OC. Knocked out Oscar Pachota. Good power, confident. I've been seeing stuff on Instagram, seeing stuff on YouTube. Little training montages. He's a crafty lefty. Um, big, big power. Dusko, the only guy to knock out Michael Michelle Pereira. I know that was up a weight class for Pereira because Pereira's a huge 70, but that was at 185. Dusko went on the contender series. Got a win there. I believe he made it. Yeah, beat, beat Daquan Townsend. <clears throat> Second or third round TKO, which okay, I mean Daquan Townsend, not the not the biggest win in the world for you, but this guy, you know, I like the, his confidence. I like you know he's he's a finisher. I like how he goes out there and, and, and he doesn't seem overwhelmed by it. Um, Pulele is going to come out and swing right. He's got a beautiful left hand. He's got a big good left overhand, good left hook, which put out Pachota, and he's got a good uh, a good left straight. He gets a little wild sometimes, but he is hittable. Um, he's, he's got a good wrestling background. We haven't seen it too much, but he can grapple a little bit. But Dusko just, I feel like he's just really well-rounded right now. I think he, he is Serbian. Excuse me. He is from Serbia, which is kind of a hotbed for MMA right now. I think these guys are just fighting with a different kind of level of confidence. The question is, is, is Serrano going to really come out and, and, and take this fight to the ground? Is he going to look for the takedown? I think he eventually will. I don't know about either of these guys' cardios necessarily. I think Dusko... Um, has looked a little sloppy in some of his later fights uh, before the UFC. When he gets a little tired, he, he 
you know, in, in the Pereira fight, he got a little tired, but he did finish the fight. You know, he does get a little sloppy. Serrano seems to be in incredible shape, but we haven't really seen him go. This is a really, really tough fight to pick. I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go Dusko. I'm going to go minus 170. I don't hate the Serrano play here. I think plus 138 is a good number next to him. Um, I, I, I just think Dusko just has a little bit more weapons. He's, he's a natural finisher, um, a little bit bigger in the size. And, and I, I really can't sit here and tell you that he's more well-rounded because I really don't have enough on Serrano to really know because Serrano does have a good grappling base. Dusko from Serbia doesn't, you know, I, I don't think he's a combo, uh, uh, a samba, uh, sambo combo guy. What, what did I just say? <laughs> Combat sambo. What the fuck am I talking about? I don't think he's at most of his fights or, or by knockout. He's got few submissions in there. I think he's pretty well-rounded, but uh, yeah, this could be an interesting fight because I think, I think they both have power. I think Soriano can get a little, uh, maybe has a little bit better technique. Um, and Disco can get a little bit um, wild, but he has more power. So I really want to see what happens when it hits the ground. That's what I'm curious about. I'm picking Dusko here. That's a tough fight. I don't I don't love it, though. I don't love my pick there. I don't love it. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't love it. Don't fucking I'm not make it in my locks or anything. I don't love it. Next up, Joaquin Buckley. 12 and 3, minus 290 favorite. He's fighting Alessia Dochicchio. 12 and 5, the Italian. Plus 225. I got to imagine this is going up. I, f- I feel like Joaquin Buckley is a little 280. He's gone down. Um, listen, I love what Joaquin Buckley's doing, right? I, I really do. I mean, I know him and James Krause got some beef. Uh, apparently, he's not the best training partner in the world, according to James Krause. So here's what this guy does. He takes a fight in short notice. He fights Kevin Holland, who's arguably was arguably the fighter of the year, right? You can make an argument. Some people did. Some people gave it to him. Takes a fight with uh, Kevin Holland on short notice. Looks good, right? Obviously got knocked out, but looked good. Hit Kevin Holland with a lot. Competitive fight before he got knocked out. Takes a fight with Impa Kassan and I, who's coming off the contender series, undefeated. Had a lot of confidence. I picked Impa in that fight. Knockout of the year. Turns around quickly, quickly to fight Jordan Wright, who stinks. Let's just be honest with you. He stinks, but kind of dangerous. Has some knockouts in his record. Buckley has all the pressure in the world because you got Kanye West, Kanye West, Kanye Kanye West tweeting at you. You got fucking winning knockout of the year, guaranteed to win it, right? You got all this hype, and now you're fighting a guy where you're supposed to knock out. He does knock out Jordan Wright. He rushed it a little bit in the beginning, but then it was violent, brutal knockout in the end of the second round. Beginning of the second round, excuse me. So coming in against Jachiki, who's lost three in a row, who's going to clinch with him, who's going to fucking slow this fight down, Buckley, a little undersized uh, height-wise. GK a little bit taller. Buckley, really thicked-up boy, though. Um, I don't see that being an issue here. I'm very, very confident in this fight. This is my moral lock. I'm going Buckley all the way here. Um, uh, you know, for I'm all in on him. I, I On Friday, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about props. I'm sure the props for him to finish are maybe in the minuses. But I think Buckley is just the more talented fighter. Take out all the knockout power. I really think he's a more talented fighter. Jachikio, I don't think he's going to be able to clinch him on against the cage and just hold him there. I don't think he's going to be able to take Buckley down. If he does, I don't think he's going to be able to hold him down. Buckley has shown to have decent cardio, even though he carries all that muscle. Um, he's turning this thing quickly, right? He keeps fucking the chains moving. That's what I like. Knockout of the year, cool. Get me another one. Oh, I just knocked out two back-to-back knockouts. Fucking people know who I am. Okay, give me another one. Let me get a fight on and fight a guy who's on who's lose, lost three in a row. I mean, I'm not saying Buckley should be fighting fucking top 10, top 15 talent, but he's fighting Lestia Jachikio because probably that's the only guy who's willing to accept the fight right now. I like the mentality of Buckley. He's my, he's my mortal lock. I'm all on this kid. 
Um, I think he's, he's really good. I, I w- want him to show me a little bit more. Um, he might not have to because he might be that fucking special, that powerful. But um, it, it'd be nice to, to kind of see something. I, we saw a lot in the Kevin Holland fight in a loss. Um, Dochikio is is smaller than Kevin Holland, is, is not nearly as good. I think Buckley is going to piece up the body, break the clinch, Throw big overhands. I think he's going to hit uh, Jikikyo a lot. Jikikyo has a little bit of a chin issue. Um, has been hurt. Has been rocked before. I feel like if he gets hurt against Buckley, it's fucking done. It's an over. It's a wrap. All right, next up. Santiago Ponsonibio. This fucking guy is finally back. 27-3 minus 310. Ugh, hate it. Fighting Jing Ling Ling. Oh, fuck. Well, let me do Let me take that again. Take two. Lee Jing Lang. See the f- fucking... In, in, they, they reverse it. The leech. The fucking leech. He's 17-6. and six. Plus 240 underdog. Um, I want to take the lead so bad. I do not like Santiago Ponsonibio. This is a guy who is supposedly the best welterweight in the world, but he never fights. He's always hurt. He has staph infection. He hurt his knee, almost died. It's just now he's playing his fucking guitar. He reminds me of Antonio Banderas and Puss in Boots, the way he talks. Like, this guy is, you know, he's just out there fucking, you know, posing for romance cover novels, and he's fucking, you know, banging bras. Like, this guy, you know, super romantic, Santiago, you know, fuck him, right? However, talented fighter, um, not the most talented fighter in the world, in my opinion. I don't know what we're going to have. He's been off forever. He's with American Top Team. People really like this guy. 27-3, good record, has fought some good guys, has beat some good guys. With that being said, I'm going to take Ponsonibio. Do not. This is my hate, hate, hate of the night. I do not bet this fight. Um, listen, the Leech is a durable, solid guy. He, he got embarrassed by uh, Neil Magny his last time out. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. What the fuck happened there? <laughs> you guys probably think, if you don't know me, just listen to this. With the way my voice goes in and out, you're like, oh, this guy just fucking probably smokes heaters all day. Disgusting fuck. No. Never tried a cigarette in my life. It's the simple fact that I talk nonstop throughout the day. My by the end of the night, it's late. It's fucking almost ten o'clock. <laughs> by the time I get home, they're like, my voice is fucking gone. Um, yeah. So listen, the the leech got embarrassed. He's probably going to come out a little more motivated for this fight. Again, Chinese MMA is, is in a really good place right now, but Ponsonibu needs this. I can see him coming out falling flat, getting caught by the leech, and being a huge upset. I can see that. I'm just not touching this fight. I'm picking Ponsonibo because I do think he's a more talented fighter. I hope he stays active. I want to see him against the best in the world because people put him up there at the best in the world. But I'm going to go Ponsonibo even though I'm not going to bet it. All right, coming event, Carlos Condit, 31-13. and 13, Minus 168 versus Matt Brown, the immortal. 22-7, and 17. Both these guys retired. They came back. Um, interesting fight. Good fight. Matt Brown just turned 40. People think Matt Brown's from Ohio, so I'm immediately going to back an Ohio guy, right? Eh. If, you know, he's trained from Cincinnati before. He's headlined in Cincinnati before. I've seen him fight live. I got his poster on the wall. I haven't hung it up. I'm not a Matt Brown guy, right? I'm just not. I never have been. I think at his best, he was an exciting fighter, but he was never a high-level fighter, in my opinion. Um, when he moved out to Colorado, <clears throat> he moved out to Colorado for a while and trained out there. He did pretty well, right? He, he was getting his cardio in shape, but now at 40, he's just in there to bang, collect paychecks, right? Um, and Carlos Condit, 
oddly looked pretty good against Court McGee, even though Court McGee went for no takedowns, which is kind of odd for me. Um, I'm a big Carlos Condit guy. I'm a WC guy, WC forever. Carlos Condit is um, a really good striker. He's patient. He's got one of the best chins in MMA, in my opinion. Matt Brown, his chin is gone. His body, it, you can hurt his body with a, with a jab. Um, several people have hurt his body. Carlos Condit throws some beautiful kicks to the body, even though they're not the most powerful. One catches the liver on on old uh, old tubby body, uh, uh, soft body Matt Brown. It could be a problem. Um, Carlos hasn't had a finish in a while. Like I say, he, you know, he, he sometimes has trouble with pressure fighters. Matt Brown is going to definitely get in his face. This fight was supposed to happen a few times. I'm glad it's happening. I think it's going to be a great fight. An entertaining fight. Two old dogs getting at him in the records. 31-13, 22-17. With that being said, there's not a world where I'm going to live where Carlos Condit isn't the better fighter than Matt Brown. Carlos Condit does have decent submissions. He's got good triangles off his back. He's got a good guillotine choke, um, good arm bars. Um, his knockout power is a little overrated, but he puts punches and combinations. He's, he's aggressive, will come at you, and his chin's the real deal. His cardio's always been really good, too. Matt Brown's cardio's, eh. you know, he fought Miguel Baeza, got dropped a little bit, hurt Baeza, though, had some moments in that fight, but ended up getting put out. Uh, Matt Brown's chin isn't what it used to be, and he's not one of those guys that can just walk through everything anymore. His ground game was okay at one point. Now it's getting suspect now that he's back in Ohio. I don't really know how much he's training jujitsu. The prop for Carlos Condit to win by sub is a thousand plus a thousand. You guys know I love those plus thousand bets. You fucking know it. I can see Carlos Condit getting an arm bar. I can see him going to his back. Matt Brown probably going to catch a kick, dump him to his back. Carlos Condit loves playing the guard game. And I can see him finally catching one. I can see him catching an arm, a neck, a triangle, whatever. Matt Brown isn't impervious to submissions. He's not a high level black belt, right? Um, I can see that happening at plus a thousand. Why the fuck not? I'm picking Carlos Condit here. Minus 168. I like the line. I'm betting him straight up. I'm betting the prop. I might even bet him the finish. A lot of people are picking Matt Brown, which actually surprised me. They're actually picking Matt Brown for finish. I've heard some people pick that. Actually, Ian Parker's the only one who picked that on the Anakin Florian. I think that's a ridiculous claim. Matt Brown could definitely win this fight, but by finish, who the fuck has finished Carlos Condit besides when his fucking knee blew out um, against uh, Woodley? Right, and then I know he got submitted by Maya, and he got submitted by Kiesa, but Matt Brown's not going to submit fucking Carlos Condit. Like, you know what I mean? That's crazy to pick that. Um, again, I don't hate the Matt Brown pick. I just hate the the finish. Maybe I'm being a little hard on in Oldie and Parker. The guy thinks he's a fucking celebrity. Okay, next up, main event time. Great fucking fight. This is on ABC, by the way, in the middle of the day on Saturday, which I absolutely fucking love. Max Holloway, twenty one and six, minus one eighty eight favorite. He's fighting Calvin Cater. 22 and 4 plus 152 underdog. Ba-da, um, I love this fight. When this fight got announced, I kind of was lukewarm on it. Um, and then I kind of came around to it. I was like, okay, I kind of like this fight. I get what they're doing. Because Max Holloway arguably could still be the champion. Calvin Cater, good looking kid, exciting kid, coming from a hot territory right now. Boston guys always get behind their fighters <clears throat> and, and teams or whatever. And, uh, fucking Christ throat. Sorry for my religious people out there when I said fucking Christ. Um, listen, I love this fight. Again, let me start again. Um, Max Holloway, I said it on the last podcast, the previewing podcast. Got a hot chick now. He's a video gamer. He doesn't let anybody in his video game chats mention fighting. He wants to get away from it. Um, 
I get it. Everyone needs a release. He's been in the game a long, long time. He's a young guy. He's been champion. <clears throat> he doesn't strike me as a guy that wants to be champion again. I think he likes being the main event fighter without having the pressure of being the champion and doing the press and doing this and doing that. That's my that's my vibe right now for Max Holloway. I love the sound bites we're getting from Max. I love the I love the quotes we're getting from both fighters. This is a high high level fight. <clears throat> Max Holloway, pressure fighter. Um, good cardio, even though I felt like his cardio slept a little bit in the Volkanovski fight. You can blame that on COVID because he trained via Zoom or whatever it was. Um, I thought Max won that fight. It was a very, very close fight. Uh, but very pressury, um, not the most prolific finisher with his hands. He does have some knockouts. You know, he, not, he TKO uh, Jose Aldo. Um, some questions for Max Holloway uh, uh, w- w- when it comes to, to, to the power. Great chin, even though people are coming out talking about how, how many times Max Holloway's been hit which is a little nerving. Um, Calvin Catered, beast, great boxing, one of the best boxing at 145. Can he put it all together? Um, I think he can. I'm going to take Calvin Cater here. and uh, Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Let's get my underdog lock of the night. <clears throat> Woo-hoo! Listen, I think Calvin Cater is going to come out here and he's going to probably drop the first round, second round maybe, and then three, four, and five is going to really turn it on. I don't know if he can finish Max. Max has been hit a lot. Calvin can fucking crack. There might be an interesting prop play out there. I just see Calvin really taking over in those later rounds. I know you're probably sitting there going, Brian, that's fucking crazy. All Max Holloway does is fight five-round fights, and he looks good in those. You're right. But... I think Calvin is the young, hungry dog right now, and I think he starts slow, finishes fast. I think he's going to shut a lot of people up, <clears throat> and I think he's going to go out there and he's going to take it to max. It's going to kind of remind me a lot of the Dustin Poirier fight. I think when Calvin Cater lands clean on Max, I think Max is going to feel it. I don't think Max will be able to walk through it. When you watch Poirier and Holloway fight, every time Poirier landed a big shot, Max stutter stepped back like, oh, okay, this is a different kind of power. I think Calvin has that. I think Calvin has that different kind of power. I think his boxing is really crisp. I really just don't see how Max can win besides outpointing him. And that very well could be. Max could put a pace on him and just go five rounds and just dominate every round 50-45 and, and call for that shot. Say he's the best in the world. I can see that happening. I just don't know if Calvin Cater is going to let that happen. I think he wants it too much. He wants to be here. He wants Max Holloway. And I think he's trained for it. I think he's prepared for it. I think he has the skills to do it. It's a very interesting fight. Impossible fight to pick. I see a lot of people picking Holloway. I'm going Cater for the fact that I think he has better boxing, and I think he's going to really turn it on late and maybe steal this fight away from Max. It's going to be maybe a close decision, possibly. Um, I don't have a super good read on the finish yet. I don't know what prop I'm going to do. Probably over or under rounds, but I'm definitely making my underdog lock. My first underdog lock of 2021. Let's fucking go. All right. So listen, my throat is just, I mean, what, what are we doing here, throat? What, what are we, I'm talking to you, throat. All right. That's it. That's the show. First pick of the year. Done. In the wraps. Um, let's win some fucking money, boys. That's all I want to do this year is win money. I had a decent year last year. I'm only going to get better. We're going to change some of the things on the show. Still pick them. Still, still winner. Still this. Still that. Um, I know, I think I mentioned Devin and Tim were supposed to be on this. Unfortunately, my week kind of got chaotic, so I couldn't have them on this. Maybe we're going to do a pick them on Sunday for the Wednesday card. 
And then possibly for the Wednesday card, I might do like a live stream while I watch it. I don't really know. I got to figure out how the, the, the whole kids thing would work out and if the wife works or not. So that's it. That's the show. Thank you for listening so much. Go to iTunes, rate and review. I really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, keep supporting, guys. You guys are awesome. Every single person that listens to this podcast is a fucking badass, okay? I want to say something cool than badass because badass is like a mommy thing to say. But seriously, I really, really appreciate you guys listening. This is fucking cool. All the messages on social media. Follow me on MMA Takes Podcast. I don't know. It's getting late. I'm fucking tired. I'll talk to you, boys. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.